guys and welcome to the Females in Motorsport podcast. Today we are going to be talking about a very crucial yet often undervalued subject in Formula 1 that is diversity. Whether it's gender, racial or ethnic diversity, this has been a deeply entrenched issue in the sport for a very long time. Having said that, there are also many players in the sport today who do see incredible value in creating a more diverse demographic and we have one such amazing person with us here today, Kate O'Hara Hashley, Head of Diversity in Early Career and development at McLaren Racing. Welcome to the show, Kate, and thank you so, so much for taking the time to chat with us on the podcast. No problem. Awesome to be here. Great. I'm so happy that you were able to make the time. And I know a lot of um, readers and our audience at Females in Motorsport are huge McLaren Racing fans. So I'm sure this is going to mean a lot to a lot of our readers. So just to begin with, can you tell us a little bit about your role at McLaren and what your day-to-day looks like, especially as you specialize in early careers and development? Yeah, absolutely. So um, yeah, my, my job title is definitely a bit of a mouthful, but it goes to show quite how much um, myself and my awesome team cover. So there are four different areas within McLaren Racing that we look after and we sit within our people team. So diversity, equity, and inclusion is a, is a massive part of our world and what we do. Um, and that's from the perspective of as an employer. So how do we, you know, attract, recruit, retain, support diverse talent coming into McLaren Racing? Um, how do we work with, um, you know, the racing series and organizing bodies to champion for change um, and implement change and, and collaborate actually as well across other teams? How do we um, work with our partners um, to create programs, opportunities and, and to raise even more awareness? And then actually just what do we do with the amazing platform that we have and, and the fans that we have to kind of talk about this subject as well? So, you know, that's quite multifaceted um, in that space, uh, but alongside that manage our early careers programs. So recruiting um, and developing our graduates, interns, work experience. So obviously works really nicely hand in hand with the diversity space. Um, we then look after people development across the team. So whether that's leadership development, management development, professional skills development, but ultimately how do we equip the team with skills progression um and the thing that gives them i guess a bit of competitive edge um for their career and then finally well-being so from a mental and physical well-being perspective it's a performance differentiator for us as a high performance sports team right so how do we not just from a you know a race team and, and, and driver perspective kind of somewhat separate in my world but across the whole team how do we um, deliver um, resources, benefits, um, education, and just have a conversation about it across the team. So lots of different things going at any one point in time. And we look after that across all mm-hmm. of McLaren Racing. So across each of our race series and for our um, central and commercial functions as well. Wow, that is a lot. You're clearly touching a lot of aspects when it comes to people operations and diversity and careers and development. Um, I especially love what you said about people development in general, because just giving the resources to, um, you know, your employees, especially, you know, people of color and women is so important and it's becoming increasingly important to give them different tools to be able to succeed, just given the the playing field. So I love hearing that, that that's a area of focus for McLaren Racing. Yeah, absolutely. So as I have cyber stalked you before this podcast and seen your (laughs) career on LinkedIn, I noticed that you worked in various industries before McLaren, including apparel, which also has, you know, its own underlying diversity concerns. But I'm curious to know what made you make the change to motorsport? Yeah, um, it's definitely something that um, 
I guess I stumbled into somewhat. Um, so yeah, as you alluded to, I've I've worked in pretty much every role I've been in has been a different industry up until this point. Um, so whether that was, you know, apparel, um, like you talked about, I've worked in logistics, very different, and then moved into, I guess, the, the kind of tech and engineering space ahead of um, coming into motorsport. Um, I made the move because working within this team, it's crystal clear what our purpose is. So every single person in the team knows that they are driving towards winning races, right? It's that simple. And I think that really galvanizes people. Um, and you know, you, that real kind of, why do you get out of bed in the morning and the emotional connection with what you're doing is just so clear. Um, so for me, that was really attractive. Um, I am mega competitive, right? I don't race cars. I don't design, I don't construct cars, but I am competitive. <laughs> There's an element as well, right? Of coming in into an industry and really wanting to push, you know, push innovation, push change, be the first. Um, and you can do that in the people space as well. Right. So that for me was, um, definitely interesting um and I think it's in terms of I guess how my career has evolved it's um the team we have here is you know just over a thousand people now across McLaren racing um but if you if you compare that to a corporate that I would have worked in previously very small um but what that means for me is that my role is therefore much broader I can cover Mm. many more areas so you know as I alluded to earlier with each of those verticals that I look after lots of different things that I can get involved with. And actually, whilst you know, the team is 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 small comparable to a large multinational um, organisation, it's very complex and multifaceted because you've got lots of different stakeholders, right? Like you've got the internal team and the organisation, the leadership teams. You've then got the race series and the governing bodies. You've got, um, you know, our commercial partners. You've got our fans, your media. So, you know, there are so many different facets that in a normal role in my space, you wouldn't particularly engage with or wouldn't even exist. So, um, you know, it gives you breadth, but also a lot of complexity to kind of navigate your way around as well. So, yeah, I'd say um, something that I... I never thought I would have ended up in, frankly. I never thought, you know, going through my career and um, I've got a history degree, for example. So <laughs> never thought I'd necessarily end up in motorsport. I would have loved to have told myself that when I was younger. Um, but yeah, here I am and, and absolutely loving it. That is a very interesting story because I kind of relate with that because when my friends look at me working at Females in Motorsport and in the thick of all of this, they're like, how did this happen? Like three years ago, you didn't know anything about it, but it is such a... I don't want to say addictive because that always has like a negative connotation, but it is that kind of industry and that kind of world which just really sucks you in. And that rush that you get, you know, when your team wins or your favorite driver wins, it's indescribable. And I love that you, you know, what you said about like, yes, of course, you know, being a competitive person as well, you love, you know, when your team is on the podium or like making these amazing like programs, even on the corporate side, like especially the STEM program that you guys um, are working on right now. And we'll talk about that a little bit later as well. But I think just like given the world of motorsport and how it's evolving and also inviting so many new young fans, that is so much to do with diversity and there's a new diverse fan base coming in as well. So I like what you said about your role having so much breadth and also that you can touch all these different aspects and different stakeholders. Like there's fans, there's teams, drivers, brand sponsors, like employees, everyone. So that's really, really, that's really fascinating. Yeah. And it's um ultimately, you know, motorsport is about emotions, right? Mm. Like 
in so many different ways, whether you're in the team, whether you're watching as a fan, you know, the highs and lows, but the emotion that really ties you to it. And I think, you know, you feel that as a team member as well, definitely. So I think, yeah, very different from many other jobs where, of course, you, you're you mass- massively invested, mm-hmm. but it's just a little bit different, for sure. So true. And speaking of emotion, I feel like because there's this new influx of fans as well, there's a lot of emotion around diversity as well. And I think, you know, the program that I just like mentioned earlier, there's so much, you know, happening on that perspective in terms of bringing, um, you know, more women into the other side of of uh, motorsport not just driving but other side the corporate side as well and there's many other programs like that as well that i know you guys do so from an action perspective you know given that you're in the thick of all of this how do you think you know f1 teams and other racing teams as well can set themselves up for success in terms of these diversity initiatives and be able to actually enable change in the sport yeah, it's um, it's a great question and it's a complex question, um, which um, I talk about it in the sense that it's never achieved either. So you never get to the finish line. Um, it will constantly evolve and will be a constant challenge. Um, but there are we talk about three layers uh, in McLaren in terms of you know what you need to do to make meaningful change and set it up for success. So the first is kind of outreach and inspiration, right? So how do we get in front of populations of people that would never have thought they'd have access to motorsport as a career? Um, You know, I've never even come across, you know, motorsport or engaged with it in any way, even as a fan. So how do we get in front of those populations and talk to them about motorsport, give them access to our people and say, it's a career option for everybody. And let's give you some very real role models and, you know, some insight and perspective on, you know, what you need to do to get there. That's phase number one. But number two then is around, okay, how do we, um, you know, remove barriers and blockers and actually take those inspired people and ensure that they land at our door? Because that's the card bit. Um, And so for us, really, then that's about how do we remove blockers, you know, whether it's financial ones. So we we, um, gift bursaries and scholarships so that individuals can invest in tech, technology, um, you know, tools that they need in order to progress their own learning and their career or their academics. You know, it could be simple things like being able to um, pay for your driving test so that you can get out and get to that internship you want to get to. Things that some people may take for granted, but are actually very real blockers, deposits for flats if they want to move somewhere. So things like that, that can remove that. But also, how do we put in place very meaningful relationships that we can build with that talent? So We have a number of different mentoring programs that we have in place with members of our team, many of our engineers and our F1 team supporting talent as they make their way through those kind of key journeys. So whether that's just before you go to university or college or whether you're at university or college um, or in the early stage of your career, helping guide and and give some advice and perspective on, you know, um, how to, to thrive and succeed. And then the final bit, and for me, the most important bit is how do you I always refer to it as giving people their first gig. So how do you give opportunities, right? How do you create opportunities for, for talent as well? So, you know, with some of our programs, we offer work experience as part of that program, you know, particularly if they're still at school. Um, and we have internship programs that bolt onto our um, different, um, I guess, pipelines that are coming through as well. Because ultimately, that's the thing that, you know, whether it means that they stay with us or actually unlock doors for them somewhere else, that's one of the most powerful things that you can do. So I think, you know, considering 
um, diversity in the sense of there's lots of different stages to it and it's a long-term game but if you kind of break it down in that way and ensure that you're interfacing with those populations um, in that sense you will drive meaningful change and those people will walk through your doors or through the doors of the industry more broadly um, so I'd say those are I guess things that are really important to nail um, there's still a lot more to do across all of the industry, right? Um, you know, and we're constantly, you know, pushing ourselves in Hungary to think about what more we can put in place. Um, and that also requires collaboration, right? So how do we all come together and work together? We know it's an important issue. How do we collaborate in this space and, um, you know, do even more good together? So, you know, with, it, with it F1, there is a, a working group across all teams in this space to talk about, um, you know, what can we collaborate on to create that, drives real change and you know for us we gifted our stem day format that we deliver as part of our outreach programs because it just worked really well for us um, it's an amazing day that we deliver into schools where they design um, and race a very simplistic f1 car with a, a small little electric motor with a leaf blower to check the aero <laughs> but very accessible but like really brings it to life um, and that's worked really well for us and we, we kind of gifted that to the group to say look hey, worked for us, you know, if you want to take that model and utilise that, then please do. So, um, yeah, I think that understanding the complexity, but breaking that down and seeing the stages that you can go through, but also the power of collaboration and, you know, that we need to come together around a table to, to discuss the topic and put in place some action. Yes, absolutely. I think some of the examples you mentioned are really great and I can see that they would have significant impact also just given that a lot of them are at the grassroots level of internships and like you said you know just paying for driving classes and things like that I think those are things that like you said sometimes we take for granted but we don't even think of and I think that's why it's so great to have you know someone like you in place who does understand all of those things and has a clear overview of those kinds of things that we need because I think it would be Unless we have, you know, expertise, like real expertise like yourself in the area, it's very hard to make actual significant change. And I love that you guys have so many initiatives that start at, you know, at level one, because that's what really helps reach them to level 10, for example. Um, so that's that's really great. And that's really nice to hear. Speaking of, you know, just more grassroots things and just you know, coming to women in STEM particularly, um, I would love for you to tell us a little bit more about what you consider to be the current state of women in in STEM in the sport, especially as you compare to other departments. Yeah, and um, I think there's a there's a simple answer for that in that there's still a very long way to go. Um, so if you look at our uh, technical departments, um, you know there's still a lot of change that needs to happen in terms of how do we bring in female talent, how do we retain female talent um, in those industries. So. You know, for us, um, we are at 16% female across team, um, which in and of itself, there's still a ton of work to do. But actually, if you focus in on our technical areas, it's 6%. Um, so you can therefore see the disparity. What's positive is that our early careers programs in technical are 33% female. So we're starting to see that shift change coming through, which is great. Um, but we need to look at it in a lot of different lenses. So there's the early careers piece. So how are we bringing in women, you know, through internships, grad programs? And that's a really, I guess, ripe ground to do that and to make some real change. And we're doing some great work in that space and that's coming through, which is fantastic. But also, what do we do to retain women and experienced women in roles as well, right? So 
what additional support do we put in place? Um, how do we understand, you know, perhaps nuanced challenges for women working in this industry? And for us this year, you know, we've done some great work in the early career space, but actually looking forward now thinking, okay, well, for, you know, the talent that we have within the team already, what what additional support can we put in place to ensure that we retain them? Um, and to actually understand perhaps what some of their, their challenges are and to try and remove those blockers or, or to put things in place to ensure that, um those challenges are are reduced or removed as well so i think that there is there's very much a, a long way to go but i think that the real flux of interest over the last couple of years and it does just start with engagement of the industry or or the sport at a very base level will mean that you know people become aware of careers and they start to investigate you know routes in and you know with time that you know will filter through but i think it also requires a a focus on not just kind of waiting for that to happen in 10 years time um we need to also consider you know how do we retain the women we have in the team but actually is there a way of bringing in experienced women through different routes and different means as well so we um established a, a returnship program with one of our partners entain um which speaks to exactly that so the program supports women who are returning to the world of work perhaps after you know a career break whether that's having children or caring right. responsibilities or actually if they just want to reskill so they perhaps have had a career and now want to move into more of a tech role um so we um work with them to design the program and these women come in for six months and work in in tech and engineering roles in our organization our cohort started um just last week um so they're working in you know whether that's cad design engineering analyst roles um but, you know, also understanding that there's a whole pool of talent out there as well, that um, I think there are less of those programmes that exist, certainly compared to early careers programmes. So for us, that felt like a great opportunity to try and, again, find female talent to bring into the organisation um, that has experience already that they can bring and different perspective that they can bring into it as well. So, um, yeah, we're seeing that challenge and we're trying to react to it and put those measures and programmes in place. But I think we would all acknowledge that there's still a very long way to go. That is a very interesting program, though, that you just shared. I think, you know, when you think of technical aspects, you always think that, you know, you can only really pursue it in your early part of your career because it is so technical and, like, you know, you don't really think it's a skill you can learn later on. That is very, very fascinating to hear. And I think this is, uh, again, an issue that not a lot of people talk about, especially for women when they come back from, like, maternity leave or after they have kids. And, you know, it's it's harder to enter the workforce again because most brands and companies are very focused on um, bringing younger talent in, which is obviously still great. But um, there is this, like, pool, like you said, that is completely untapped and still has a lot of potential and a lot of experience, frankly, that, you know, a lot of brands and companies can learn from and can actually implement, especially if they're focusing on audiences in the same demographic. So that's really interesting. I don't think I've ever heard of a program like that. So that's really cool. Yeah, and it's um, I mean, if you look at the um, organizations that these women have worked in before, it's like a powerhouse of experience. Like if you put it all together and think collectively, um, that experience is incredible. And I think, you know, returnships exist, perhaps le less so in our world and in our industry, but certainly what is unique about it is that it's working across two organizations. So you're kind of getting 
um, a double whammy in mm-hmm. that sense of, you know, experience and exposure and support along the way too. So yeah, looking forward to kind of seeing how they progress. Yeah, absolutely. Another program that you guys are doing right now, which I'm personally very, very fascinated by, and I know it's going to benefit a lot of our listeners to learn more about, is the new STEM program for women that you guys just launched. Um, can you tell us a little bit more about that and how that came about and how you envision it coming to life? Yeah, absolutely. So um, 60 Scholars is the programme that we've launched this year, 60 because it's our 60th birthday this year. Um, So we're obviously, you know, looking at our history and celebrating our history and our here and now. But we also wanted to consider what can we do to think about our future, too. And, you know, in this context, you know, the future of talent coming into our team and and our sport and into STEM more broadly. Um, And so that was a real kind of focus area for us. And coupled with the fact that um, supporting women into motorsport is, is, a, is a crystal clear priority for us this year. We have lots of conversations with our, our commercial partners who have shared challenges in this space and are equally passionate about doing something impactful too. So it was really born out of, you know, that drive um, from our perspective and our focus from that perspective, but also having those conversations with our partners. And so the programme is um, set up to identify and support 60 aspiring female leaders in STEM um, aged 18 to 23 in the UK um, who want to pursue not only a career in STEM, but want to lead an industry in STEM in some way in the future and STEM in the broadest sense, right? So absolutely, you know, motorsport falls within that. But we're also thinking about, you know, the sciences, geography, um, maths, physics, computer tech, all all of that, um, all of that world, because actually, you know, a lot of those skills can open many, many different doors. But we want people to come in who, you know, really want to make some change and innovate in the future. Um, And the programme was set up in partnership with three founding partners of ours. So Google, Cisco and Cadence. So um, definitely not small names in their worlds either. So a real kind of amazing coming together of businesses who have amazing platforms, expertise and are real leaders in their in their industries too. And the programme will take place over the summer and essentially gives um, the cohort a unique access to um, senior leaders from across all of those organisations a series of workshops which focus on you know technical upskills and also giving insight into career routes and paths into lots of those spaces um q a sessions with you know particularly women in within mclaren racing who are in roles to really kind of show their journey their career their roles their hints and tips and their perspective um and then culminating with an in-person event at the mclaren technology center bringing together keynote speakers from across those organizations, but also getting hands-on with technology and bringing to life what a you know, career in STEM looks like. So, you know, um, whether that's, you know, esports in our world and our shadow studio, whether that's, you know, pit stop challenges being very hands-on, you know, um, simulators and the like. So, um, and really kind of celebrating them as a cohort. So what we essentially want to do is really fast track the careers of those young women by giving them an armory of skills almost that can mean that they can, charge forth, you know, hopefully land in one of our organisations. But actually, you know, if that means that they progress up and through into doing amazing things in STEM more broadly, then that's also a win for us. So, yeah, that's 60 Scholars programme, which we're, we're really excited about launching this year. 
This is such an exciting program. I, I love that there's so many different aspects to it. And, you know, it's not just in motorsport, which I know that a lot of people who would apply because given like McLaren has like a huge following, I'm sure like most of the people who do apply would want to be in motorsport. But I like that it's a little bit more open ended because also, you know, you can always take motorsport learnings and like take it into another industry like you have. You've you know done it the other way around. You brought your learnings from other industries and brought it to motorsport and Obviously, that's paid, paying off really well. So I love that aspect that it has all these different kind of, you know, things that every applicant will be able to touch. And um, like you said, the the partners are, you know, great, like household names that I think would look great on anyone's resume. And anyone, you know, would love to have that kind of experience. So I think this is a really great initiative from McLaren Racing. And I personally can't wait to see how it goes. Yeah, awesome. Thank you. We yeah, we'll definitely be sharing, you know, progress as we go and showcasing some of the scholars on the program as well. So yeah, a lot more to come in that space. Awesome. Can't wait. All right. Well, before we wrap up this conversation, we have some quick fire questions. This is how we like to end every episode. And we just encourage our guests to say the first thing that comes to your mind and as few words as possible, but we don't mind if you rant. That's okay with me. <laughs> um, so we'll begin with question number one, if you are ready. Are you ready? Yeah, ready. Awesome. What has been your one, just one biggest learning so far working so closely with diversity initiatives? Good question. <laughs> Sometimes less is more. Mm. Uh, and I'll explain that because it will make no sense on its own. Um <laughs> really meaningful long-term relationships that drive actual change are sometimes the things that are more impactful versus you know one-off big bangs that actually only scratch the surface so that for me has been kind of an interesting learning going through this because naturally as someone in my role you want to try and support as many people as possible but it's not always feasible so I think that's definitely been something that I've learned on this journey. That's that's a really good one. Yeah, I can see that. I, I like that you said you said less is more because that means, you know, that's like more meaningful, significant impact versus like, you know, small on the surface things. And I think that is what will drive long term change. So I like that one a lot. Speaking of McLaren, what is your one favorite thing about working at McLaren Racing? Apart from the office, <laughs> uh, the people, mega cheesy. Uh inspiring intelligent kind collaborative completely different to probably what I anticipated Mm. coming in I thought you know maybe a few egos knocking about but um honestly the the best team I've worked in so definitely the people I love that. Yeah, I think people always make um, your job so much more nice, so much more fun, for lack of a better word. Uh, I've only seen the office on Drive to Survive, but it looks beautiful. It looks stunning. It is quite spectacular. It doesn't wear off either. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's gorgeous. It 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 almost like it just the way it bu- it's built, it immediately conveys a stature of the name of McLaren Racing. Like you know something like amazing is happening in there. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, and the last question: What is your one go-to way to celebrate like your personal or career wins? So, for example, I always treat myself to like a good meal that I usually, you know would not like spend that much money on to celebrate like a small success at work so what to you is like one like, celebration moment um it would normally involve a glass of rose that's for sure mm. um I'm a rose girl um but 
really it would be having that glass of rosé with friends and family that have kind of supported me along the way and um, have listened to me probably rant and rave at various points uh, through the highs and lows but yeah definitely that my support network around me with that glass of rosé would probably be what I'd be doing. I love that you can never go wrong with wine I'm I'm a huge (laughs) wine stand so that makes sense. All right. Well, thank you so, so much, Kit, again for joining us today. I think we had a really interesting, insightful conversation, learned so much about McLaren Racing and all the initiatives you guys are doing. I think you have such a fresh perspective on diversity and you know the things that need to happen in motorsport. And I'm sure the listeners would be so appreciative of your time and your transparency and everything else. So thank you. Thank you so much. No, you're really welcome. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you.